This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, here we are as the sun sets over day five of Wimbledon 2018. The tennis podcast team, myself, Catherine Whitaker, alongside me, David Law, fresh from the Five Live commentary box and alongside us both, Mr. Phil Studd. Phil, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to be here. Hooray, Phil Studd's here. How good's that? He's going to be with us on the BBC tomorrow and uh, we've also got Catherine Whittaker back, so I'm delighted. Yes, David. This time last night you were standing in this very position on the broadcast roof overlooking some of the outside courts, centre court to our right, court one to our left and you were in the company of John McEnroe and Tim Henman and tonight this you've, is way you've upgraded. <laughs> yeah. Goodness me, yeah. Slightly less Grand Slam titles the last time I checked my CV, but you know. You've got a gap in the market, and I'm here to fill it. <laughs> I've never seen you play tennis, so I'd love to see that. What should we lead with tonight, gentlemen? Should we go with Serena getting through? Should we go with Venus going out? Should we go with some other big-seeded women dropping? Should we go with Federer being continuously brilliant? That's a, that's a good question, actually. You know, I, I think we should go for the most recent development which is the fact that Roger Federer has just broken a world record at Wimbledon for the most wins ever by a man on grass beating a record held by Jimmy Connors of 175 wins he's also yet to face a break point in the whole tournament and he's won 29 sets in a row at this tournament I mean Heck of a heck of a run <laughs> and uh, and he did it today against Jan Leonard Struff um, who is a strapping young bloke who hits the cover off the ball and he still couldn't get it past Roger Federer very often uh, it is ludicrous isn't it the stats now I mean when you consider that the Federer should be in the autumn of his career or even retiring and yet he's still very obviously here at Wimbledon the man to beat and as you say Struff was no pushover he does have tremendous firepower and Federer had to hang on in there at times but you just got that sense that he was always going to figure out his opponent today just as he's done so many times in the past I mean I guess there were some eyebrows raised when he lost to Borna Chorich in the final in Haller and you just wondered whether maybe he wasn't quite the Federer of 12 months ago when he won this title for a record-breaking time 
But he's answered all of those questions, hasn't he, in the first three rounds here. He hasn't been troubled, as you say. And the way in which the the other big players have been uh, very accommodating and falling all about him, you know, the Marin Ciliches, who many people, myself included, thought could actually go all the way to the title this year after the way in which he saw off Djokovic in the Queen's final. You know, it's it's looking like a bit of a procession at the moment for Could Rog. that, though, not work against him, Catherine? You've made David feel a lot better there, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, about I've had, his prediction. I've had a bad time, Phil. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think we were the only two, were we? I mean, that was an extraordinary... Not just the fact that he lost, but the manner in which he lost, having pulverised player in the first two sets. OK, there was a bit of rain, which no-one saw coming, but for someone as experienced as Chilich now is on the big stage, it was a shocking capitulation from there. I don't mm. think anyone really saw that coming, no. but it's kind of been the theme of this tournament, hasn't it? The big names, the leading lights, with the obvious exception of the Federers and the Nadal's, not really delivering. I mean, look at Madison Keys today and the women's draw. What was all that about? Well, since you brought us on to that, we will digress on to Madison Keys then, because I commentated on that match for, for Five Live, and it was one of the most extraordinary two hours of tennis I have ever seen. The 10-seed Madison Keys, she came out absolutely firing. I think I used the word sublime in that commentary. She was 5-2 up on the world number 120, Evgenia Rodina, who, I mean... Bless her. She 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 played a perfectly fine match. It was not the match of her life today. It wasn't particularly great by her standards. I think she would admit that. I think she did admit that. She she played a decent match and she beat the 10th seed who really ought to be thinking about herself as a potential Wimbledon champion in any year, let alone a year when the draw is, you know, opening up like a storybook. And Madison Keys just forgot how to play tennis I cannot put it more strongly than that she was hitting forehands and backhands sideways it was like they it's, it's like someone had said Madison we've changed the rules you're now aiming outside the lines and uh, but re- you know by those rules she did quite well I, I mean sometimes she didn't even make it inside that sometimes it was you know into the stands or sometimes she was lucky if she was hitting the back fence it was that bad I mean look we're not trying to make fun of her here I was listening to the commentary of your from yourself and, and Naomi Cavaday and, and you were saying it was like she was aiming somewhere else and and I mean it was that's just a weird feeling that that somebody that good on a when she's on could be that awful and 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 afterwards she she said I I basically blew it I got, got I couldn't handle it I couldn't handle the nerves. With nerves she said and the thing is because she did play those first seven games so well. It's not like you just go, well, something's up with Madison Keys. She obviously just ate the wrong thing for breakfast or got up out of bed the wrong side because those first games were supreme. She looked every inch a potential Wimbledon champion. She looked fit. She looked strong. She looked focused. And then it could not have been a more dramatic disintegration it was really quite extraordinary and then it brought me back to to the comments of Chris Evert that I've heard quoted a lot this week she made them in reference originally to Johanna Conta do some players simply not have the temperament to be a champion I mean clearly she has the weapons keys doesn't she she's proved that and I just wonder whether it's some sort of hangover from the US Open final against a good friend Sloane Stevens, where Frankly, the pressure clearly did tell on that occasion. It was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it? I mean, Stevens played very well as she did throughout the tournament, but Keyes really froze. She didn't do herself justice. And then again, having had a great run at the French to the semi-finals, got, I thought, pretty well beaten again 
by Stevens. Okay, it was a closer match on paper, but the reality was that all Stevens really had to do was defend well and wait for the mistake. And Keys kept feeling as though she had to hit the ball harder and harder, and she tended to hit it wider and longer. And may, maybe those losses, even though it's at an earlier stage of the tournament, you know, maybe. That is the problem that at the moment she's got that psychological hurdle to overcome. She knows she's got the game, but as you say, such a huge opportunity with so many of the big names, so many of the tournament favourites having already bowed out. Perhaps that just adds to the pressure. Look, I've really got to deliver now. You know, Kvitova's gone. You know, the defending champion Mergerutha has gone. What an opportunity this is. I'm clearly in good Grand Slam four and I've made a final and a semi-final. I've really got to up it now. And then something just goes wrong I guess you'd call it a choke wouldn't you because how else do you explain a player of Key's calibre playing as badly as you say she did today I mean there's no other reason other than the pressure told and that's basically what she admitted after the match and I'm not sure how surmountable that is because if you've had a multiple Grand Slam champion in your corner for a few years as she has had with Lindsay Davenport who's had to overcome her own self-doubt over the years there couldn't be anybody better qualified to teach her how to deal with these situations and this has not been a short period of time Madison Keys four years ago was being touted by Martina Navratilova and Brad Gilbert as a future world number one and Grand Slam champion and, uh, and that was a couple of years ago that she was supposed to have done that and she's no closer No, she's working with Dave David Taylor now who worked for a long time with Sam Stoza he's been around the, the coaching merry-go-round, uh, merry-go-round a bit recently he worked with Naomi Osaka and Yelena Ostapenko in sort of quick succession I don't think either of those relationships went much beyond the trial stage she's now with Madison Keys. I, 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 this one is going to be tough to take she's, she's a really good sportswoman Madison Keys, and she rushed off that court in a, in a whirlwind you couldn't see her for dust she did not do the customary thing of waiting for her her opponent before leaving the court she just marched out of there she wanted the ground to swallow her up she was quite flat throughout you'd think with a performance like that when you're playing that badly all the toys would come out of the pram and there was a weird kind of resignation about Madison Keys, which makes me worry about how much scar tissue she will yeah. build up a bit like Dimitrov as know? a result well exactly exactly and unfortunately it feels awful to say it about Dimitrov but that's exactly the sort of player she doesn't want to turn into mm. unfortunately but it does now mean that Serena Williams in what she has called only her f- second serious tournament back the 25th fifth seed having beaten Kristina Mandanovic as she did earlier today now faces the world number 120 <laughs> Evgenia Radina who has never before reached the second week of Islam she's only reached round three once before and that was 10 years ago Serena faces Radina for a place in the quarterfinals and I think I'm right in saying she hadn't won a WTA tour match this year before she got onto the grass Amazing. I mean it, it is quite remarkable when you then factor in that she probably didn't even play to her potential which is obviously much lower anyway than Keys. It is one of the more remarkable results in recent Grand Slam history. I mean, arguably the upset of the tournament thus far, particularly given the way in which it unfolded. I would agree with that. And, and sorry, David, she was a set and fall of up and she looked like more than the victory she wanted to lie down of Genia Radina. That's how knackered she looked. <laughs> she she really looked like, oh, round. goodness, I, this, I was hoping to lose quickly and I've gone and and got myself into a lead and that means I'm going to have to play more tennis and I'm really knackered. I could do with a lie down. What did you think of Serena Williams today, Phil? You kept your eye on that one, didn't you? I mean, you know, the thing about Serena is that even at 70%, she's still arguably better than anyone else, particularly on this surface with the record she has here. I mean, I don't think she's still 
in the kind of condition in terms of matches that she would like to be because she simply hasn't had them, has she? But, you know, the way the draw is opening up for her, I mean, there, there were moments today against Mladenovic who I thought played some pretty good stuff where mm. she had to dig deep. It wasn't straightforward by any means. And it was good to see Mladenovic playing well again, wasn't it? Because it was this time last year she sustained that knee injury and she rather fell off the radar. But we know what she's capable of. So I think that was a, a decent workout for Williams. I think with every passing match, she'll feel that much more confident uh, about her own game. I mean, clearly, she's got gears to go through if she needs them. But right now, with the way you know the big names have been falling like the proverbial flies... It's hard to see who's going to stop her. I mean, the one caveat there is I look at Ostapenko, I look at Osaka. If anyone is going to stop Williams from winning this title again, I think it's someone with huge firepower who has one of those great days where they hit the cover off the ball when it lands in. We know Ostapenko did that the French last year. We know Osaka's capable of that. She did it at Indian Wells. So a player like that is the kind of player who could upset the apple cart. But at the moment, Serena's looking ominously good, even though she's not at her best. Is that where you'd put her at, 70% of her best? Well, maybe slightly higher. I mean, I, I, I still don't think she's, you know, in the kind of form that she was this time last year or, you know, before she had her, her daughter. But then how could she possibly be, you know? And let, let's remember that, you know, she pulled out uh, on, on the very verge of, of that eagerly awaited showdown that never was with Sharapova at the French, saying that she couldn't serve because of the pectoral injury. So at that stage, there was some doubt as to whether she'd even be fit for Wimbledon so to have come here and played as well as she's done thus far is impressive I think there's a lot more to come for her and I think it's simply down to to getting matches under a belt which is something she she hasn't had obviously um, but you know she's still the the level she's able pr- to produce even without that match fitness that can only come with matches can't it I mean there's only so much you can do in practice it's not the same even for her um, I think she just gets stronger with every passing round and clearly Keyes was a threat she's gone now uh, it's hard to see realistically the Russian Rodina and then better of her. quarterfinals onwards if she were to get past Rodina you're looking at uh, Camilla Georgie or uh, Ekaterina Makarova in the uh, in, in the quarters who won again today Makarova had to come from a set down to beat Safarova and I think a lot of people that had seen and heard the, the quote from Caroline Wozniacki after her defeat to Makarova in the last round maybe punched the air a little bit for Makarova to, to, to get one more win on the board and who knows how far she could go now because you talked about it with Charlie Eccleshire that, that evening but I didn't enjoy that quote from Caroline Wozniacki I, 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 I mean yeah it's a journalist's dream isn't it to have something like that to, to talk about to have that kind of frankness but I don't think it reflected well on Wozniacki and I was one of the people that punched the air for Makarova but did say more about Wozniacki sorry to interrupt than it did about her opponent's performance that that was that belied her frustration at missing out on her opportunity you know she's finally got the monkey off her back of never having been a Grand Slam winner by doing it in such great style in Australia this was another massive opportunity for her she played so well at Eastbourne to win that title for the second time she comes here with a great opportunity you would think to do some serious damage this is a tournament she's underperformed at in the past and maybe once again is that that mental hurdle to overcome and she probably felt that was a match she should have won and I think it was a a touch of sour grapes wasn't it frankly it was her saying I can't believe I've lost so early in this tournament once again and well I can't see her getting much further you know she's, yeah, I mean, she's a bad loser yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line isn't it the frustration's fine the, she's, she's a bad loser I mean 
I kind of feel that you cannot be a, a winner without being a bad loser. Without being a bad loser. Now, some of them managed to yeah, some restrain them, themselves. Some, some of them are thinking that. Plenty of them, of them are thinking, today, well, she's not going to go far. They said her opponent got lucky at the end, didn't she? She kind of then qualified it by saying she deserved to win, but she said, I thought she got a bit lucky. Look, Roger Federer has, has won a lot of matches and lost a few and come off the court and... You know, ten years ago, being a little less charitable than than perhaps we might remember. Oh yeah, um, you know, I terrible remember, loser. That's remember, what you mean. I remember him losing <laughs> to Thomas Burdick here uh, in 2010, and you know he was he wasn't exactly giving all the credit to his opponent because he didn't like it. And when he lost <laughs> to Del Potro in the U.S. Open final, there was some seriously fruity language from the great man on his way to that loss when he was being bullied off the court by Del Potro's forehand. I mean, you should have heard what I said when I was lost to Catherine. I mean, crikey. <laughs> Fruity I was a, language. I was horrendous. suitable for radio broadcast, for sure. <laughs> uh, Venus, you've mentioned that mm. she lost today to Kiki Burtons, yeah, who I have once described as a clay court specialist. No longer, Kiki, no longer, because that was the match of the day, if not the week. Um, I, I believe it deserved centre court billing. I had issues with the scheduling Yeah, Jonathan Overin had a cracking rant about that um, and the fact that she... she she hasn't got on centre court at all this tournament. And she only, she only got there last year on uh, the semi-final stage when all the women's matches, singles matches, are scheduled on centre court, which five-time champion, not good enough. They treat her badly here. They do. And why do you think that is? I mean, as you say, she's got tremendous pedigree. I mean, the only player who can eclipse her is her own sister. And, you know, as recently as last year, she was runner-up. She beat uh, Joe Conter. Uh, why, why, why would she get that treatment, do you think? Is it because she's, compared with Serena, there isn't quite the same hoopla around Venus, is there? She's, she's quite unassuming in the way in which she goes about her business, and perhaps that plays against her. What do you think? But there isn't the same amount of hoopla attached to any other player that, in, in comparison to Serena. So I would say... I would say memories are short, to be honest. I mean, she's won it five times, but they were quite a long time ago. I'm not trying to excuse this. She was a finalist last year. Yeah, I know. Look, I think I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. And and also, it, what what I what I'm confused about is if you were if you looked at today's order of play and you saw Monfils against Query as, as the scheduled match on centre court, and you might say, well, yeah, but that, that looks like a good match on paper, and it did turn into a good match uh, as it happened. That's fine if you want to schedule it like that. But Roger Federer gets on centre court every single match, regardless of who he's playing. So, therefore, if the star power is what you're talking about, well, Venus Williams has got plenty of that. And let's be honest, David, you were being facetious in your tweet when you said, OK, so we're not going to be seeing Roger Federer on centre court on second Monday of Wimbledon. Then, because we all know that the opportunity to schedule Roger Federer on court one, which the championships, the clubs say they will do once at every championships, that window is passed now. We're not going to see Federer on court. Yeah, one. I mean, look at that half of the Initially, draw. initially when I looked at looked at it, I thought, well, he's either going to play Manorino or Medvedev, and I think that that is a very difficult match to justify being on centre court when there are so many all the when all the last sixteen matches are being played. Then I looked at who might kick it off, and and you know maybe Kyrgios against Zverev, I think might be a last sixteen match, and they will feature a women's match as well. But I'm afraid they could feature two, I'd be so surprised. I'd be well, they could, but I'd be very surprised if if he ends up not being on centre court, and I think that that is a shame. I mean, the, the club's argument is always that they're giving the public what they want, 
that's what they would argue. Well, if I were the public today, I would have wanted Venus against Burton's. But Which there was you go. Eight six in the third, it, um, and it, it was a triumph. Change. And, fr- and frankly, just to bring it back to the tennis, Venus has not been at her very best. It's been her her fighting skills that have got her through to this stage, and it was her fighting skills that got her even to eight six in the third against Kiki, Kiki Burton's, who was brilliant today. Brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was a fantastic match, wasn't it? So many uh, changes of momentum, very exciting finish. You didn't really know right up until the last moment who was going to prevail in that one. And, you know, I mean, Venus Williams, what she's achieved when you consider what she's been through in in terms of her health issues, the fact that she's now closer to 40 than she is to 35, the level that she continues to be able to produce, not just at Wimbledon, but uh, we've seen it across the tour it's it's extraordinary and i mean i'm with you i mean i don't see how you cannot have a player who made the final just 12 months ago on center she should have been on center um, shadow of a doubt. Uh, not the only good match as well uh, on the women's side particularly today because uh, we had a, a win of 10-8 in the third for Yulia Gergos over Barbara Stritseva and then a really good fight back from Karolina Pliskova against Mihaela Buzanescu who has really turned some heads uh, over the, over recent weeks in fact hasn't she because she's had some great results Pat Cash came in the commentary box in center court and pointed at her when she just won the first said against Pliskova and said she is a really good player left-hander he said he actually said she reminds me almost of John McEnroe in the way she times the ball and the way she shapes it and the angles she gets she got a break up in the second and fair play to Pliskova for reeling her back in yeah she could easily have have fallen foul of the um, upset-itis couldn't she and I don't don't think there's any shame in Pliskova being a set and a breakdown to Buzanescu who I saw hitting the ball up close for the first time in Eastbourne and it took my breath away a little because she's this wiry little character not she's not small height wise but her frame is very wiry and this extraordinary power comes out of her it really really took me aback um, so I don't I, I don't think that is her Pliskova being a set and a breakdown to Buzanescu I don't think is, is any reflection of poor form from Pliskova no, because none whatsoever and I actually I mean Pliskova as we know has kind of underachieved hasn't she in Wimbledon in the past and that was clearly something that was preying on her mind she's been asked about that the fact that you know she on the face of it has the weapons to prevail here and she hasn't really done it so all the more impressive actually that she turned it around from such a precarious position a set and a breakdown to a player who's been in terrific form coming into this tournament who as you say has fantastic timing I mean how else do you explain that power that she generates so to turn it around in the way she did and to kind of answer those critics who said well you know you've not really delivered in the way you should have done on this surface was very impressive and that means of course that we've still got two members of the world's top 10 in just about with Simona Halep coming up on Saturday (laughs) which I, I guess is a relief for some because while upsets are fun for a while if all of the big names disappear, then arguably the tournament suffers. Yeah, there's certainly some players uh, that we're getting to know, put it this way, <laughs> on the men's side. Guido Pella, who we briefly got to know when he beat Marin Cilic yesterday, has been beaten in the very next round, 6-4, by Mackenzie McDonald from the United States, who I don't know much about. Calls himself Mackie. Does he? Yeah, he's used to have a dog called Mackie. Mackie. Oh, well. Yeah, Mackie and Raffles. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I see what you did there, Phil. Mm. Mackie D. Yes, all right, fine. Uh, Stephanos. Looking for a sponsorship would be my guess. (laughs) I dare say. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Stephanus Sitsipas won through today. Catherine, you got a chance to speak to him, didn't you? I did. He won through in straight sets against Stan Wawrinka's conqueror, Thomas Fabiano. I was very impressed with him because he had played his first ever five-set match in the previous round to beat Jared Donaldson of the States. And I thought, you know, you play, you play five sets for the first time, you've got to be suffering physically, especially as he's 19, he's incredibly talented, but he, he doesn't look as strong as he's inevitably going to be in a couple of years time he still has the frame of a teenager albeit a a pretty fit and strong teenager Um, but I was very very impressed 6-2-6-1-6-4 over Fabiano today and he really won the crowd over uh, on court number 12 and uh, maybe that's because they'd seen a few interviews with him because he is an engaging young chap is Stefano Sitsipas I know uh, Simon Briggs was very taken by him he did a, a big feature with him for the Telegraph in the lead up to this tournament he's a man of real substance I know we shouldn't be so taken aback by a tennis player slash sports person being a three-dimensional human being with uh, interests and talents outside of tennis but I mean I am a bit I'm a little bit taken aback and he's got a certain swagger don't you think I mean that's the thing that's impressed me about Sissipas in the times I've seen him this year that when he walks onto court you get the impression that he's not remotely cowed by the opposition even if he's playing players that are ranked higher that he has that certain strut of a man who believes that he belongs at the top table shades of Shapovalov in that way you know a guy who is loving what he's doing and believes that he belongs right at the top of the game and I think self-belief is so important isn't it we've talked already this evening about you know how what goes on between the ears can be the difference between a player making the third or fourth round and winning a grand slam I think Sitsipas has got that X factor I think he does believe in himself and I think that will enable him to overcome the inevitable bumps in the road I think he is heading for the top because he's got tremendous amount of talent but he's got that inner 
iron belief that he is going to make it, which is just as important. Yeah, and I think the Shapovalov comparison is exactly the right one because they have that belief that you described perfectly, yet without being sort of annoyingly precocious Mm. and arrogant. It's swagger without arrogance, and maybe it'll develop into arrogance, who knows? But at the moment, he's a charming young man that's just really engaging. He's he's a very talented photographer. He's got his own podcast. All the cool people have podcasts, David. He's got a rival podcast. I see what you're doing here. You've built this up very well when actually you're looking for a bit of reflected glory, aren't you? You have to be cool to do a podcast. He sat down in front of me and he said, uh, I've got a podcast, you know. And I said, yeah, what of it? I've got a podcast too. And mine's better than yours, even (laughs) though you're quite good. Have you had 434 episodes? It's called A Greek Abroad, David. It's actually not about tennis. It's about travelling. So he's not a rival. I'll let it go. Yeah, it's allowable. And... Sorry, who does he play? I wanted to mention who he's. I mean, he he's the first Greek man into the second week of a uh, Grand Slam event in the Open Era, and I think, uh, he I think plays, that's quite good. Really, I think he plays John Isner. He plays John Isner, who beat Radu Albot. Which okay. that's a winnable match, I would say, for Sitsipas. Very interesting. Very interesting. Talking about people with self belief and mm. who are young, uh, Alexander Zverev today had to come out and be a different person to the one he was yesterday when he was two sets to one down against Taylor Fritz, and boy, was he! came out and thrashed him and uh, won the next two sets. Yeah, I just wonder if Zverev feels as though he's got a point to prove at the moment because there were questions being asked about his his staying power, his stamina, weren't there, before his run to the quarters of the French Open. You know, he, he'd underachieved in the slams in comparison to the kind of spectacular results he's put together at Master Series level, which is obviously best of three as opposed to best of five sets. And it's almost as though... He's been so stung by that criticism that he's thought to himself, right, I'm going to show you. I'll go behind and then come back. He did it three times in a row, didn't he, at Roland Garros, winning in five. And he's, he's, he's prevaricated again against Taylor Fritz. Yes, he's come through in the end. But if you're talking about Zverev as a potential winner, then doesn't he need to keep a bit more energy in the tank for the bigger yeah. challenges ahead? Fourth yeah, because, time. And it cost him. It cost mm. him in Paris, yeah, undoubtedly. He ran out of gas, didn't he? Completely. Yeah, he did. Uh, incidentally, tennis isn't over for the night. It nearly is. But at the moment, Milos Raonic, who is the one bloke who we kind of think might give Roger Federer a bit of a match before the final. Bit uh, of being the operative word. Yes. Yeah. Well, currently, he might not even get there because he's one set all with D Novak. Not Novak D. This is Dennis Novak. See what you've done there, David. From was a he was a breakdown in that first set, yeah. won it on the tie break. So he was in trouble in the first set as well. Six Play. four second set to Novak and two all in the third. Plays for a football team, plays for a semi professional football team and is coached by Gunter Bresnik of Dominic Team Fame. That's all of my Dennis Novak knowledge for you. Right. Well, maybe all there is to know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know that he's uh, pushed Milos Raonic that much. We do know whether that will finish tonight. I'm not sure it will because it's 8.35 in the evening. It's, it's much lighter tonight than it was the last couple of nights when it was looked like uh, you know the end of the world was coming. Just time, David, to talk about the order of play for tomorrow. On centre court, off the top of my head, Rafael Nadal open, opens against the young Aussie Alex de Minor, then followed by Kerber, Angelique Kerber against... Naomi Osaka match of the day for me certainly on the women's side at least if not overall and then surprise surprise Kyle Edmund against Novak Djokovic is scheduled third and uh, I imagine if the football isn't quite finished by the time that Kerber and, uh, and Osaka are there might be some sort of short delay to proceedings maybe what, while they what, repaint the lines what or something. does Kyle Edmund do tomorrow does he watch that match or he's has he totally got, watching that match. he's got to keep away from it I think because emotionally that's even more distracting no, David to yeah, keep but, away from it because uh, you, you 
you the can, not knowing is more. You can't expend all that energy watching your football team. Can you? Be able to hear the roar. He he can unless he disengage. locks himself in a cupboard. No, but he can't watch it and be going through every emotion. I, Philip Sturt. I'm with the, Catherine here because I think the the angst that he would use up in avoiding it would actually be worse than the inevitable angst that comes with watching England, period, as an England fan. So I think it's the lesser of two evils that he actually watches it. It might actually help to relax him. Let's get some super-fast predictions from Phil Studd. One-word answers. Diminor or Nadal? Nadal. Uh, Kerber or Saka? Saka. Edmund Djokovic? Djokovic and four. That's three words. England against Sweden? (laughs) England win How many? in normal time. Oh, wow. Okay. Halep against Sue Shui. Or Shui Sue. Halep, okay. Uh, Gulbis, g- this is court yeah. one, by the way. G- second match on Gulbis against Zverev. Uh, it's got to be Zverev. And final match on court one is Kyrgios Nishikori. Kyrgios all day long, unless he spontaneously combusts, which can't be ruled out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we are. Right then, I love that quick fire predictions. No escaping, no messing. No. Phil, thanks very much for your company. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I believe you've got a dinner date with D-Law. Yeah, can't wait. What's the cuisine? Well, I'm quite fancying something uh, exotic, Law. Right, I'll get, so. I'll get the pinny on. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure David does exotic. I can cook. He's from Solihull, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Would a pasty be okay? <laughs> <laughs> right then, we've been the tennis podcast on day five of Wimbledon. We'll be back on day six of Wimbledon, not of day seven of Wimbledon because it doesn't really exist and we're all having a day off. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow for one more before that day off. Been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph, uh, with Amazon Prime Video, the home, the new home of the US Open in the UK and with our executive producers, Melanie Bowes, Triple S and Tennis balls.com and with the manga club as well and as i said we'll see you tomorrow mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.